0: Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Today we continue our series through God's story of King David. David is important because he's a type of a great king that points us to or prepares us for the ultimate king, Jesus, who will reign never ending. David was a man after God's own heart and Jesus will change men's hearts to be like God's. Now, there's about 19 chapters between the time that David is anointed king and the time that he actually becomes the king of Israel. Those 19 chapters are some rough times for David. His relationship with King Saul is very complicated. David is best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. He marries Saul's son, Micaiah. He is a general for Saul, a musician in his court and is often accepted as a family member. David is very blessed of the Lord. He's a great general, and he wins many spectacular battles for Israel. The people praise him, and that burns Saul's soul. Saul is jealous, and he becomes convinced that David will attempt to overthrow him. Saul is afflicted both spiritually and mentally. The scriptures ascribe to him both mental illness and tormenting spirits. At two different times, Saul throws a spear at David, attempting to pin him to the wall and kill him. But both times, David escapes. The second time, David flees into the wilderness with a small band of loyal men, and they hide from Saul and at the same time try to protect Israel from raiding Philistines. How many times in those 19 chapters do you think David questioned why this wicked, idolatrous king, crazy king, whom God had rejected, was allowed to plague him, allowed to hurt Israel, allowed to be king of God's people? Not only that, but later after Saul dies, things still don't fall into place for David. David's going to have to win a civil war to finally take his place as king. It'd be easy for David to feel like he deserves to be king. The Saul doesn't deserve to be king. And if the world is turned upside down because the one who is wicked is in power and the man after God's own heart, he's hiding in a cave. What is God waiting on? What's he doing? Has he completely forgotten? Does he even care? I've asked all these questions in my own life, and I bet you have too. But David takes a different route in both trusting God's plan and loving those who harass him. We pick up the story in 1 Samuel 24. When Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told David is in the wilderness of Engadi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all of Israel and went to look for David and his men in the direction of the rocks of the wild goats. He came to the sheepfolds beside the road where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. The men of David said to him, Here is the day which the Lord said to you, I will give your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as seems good to you. Then David went and stealthily cut off the corner of Saul's cloak. Afterward, David was stricken to the heart because he had cut off the corner of Saul's cloak. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord. The Lord's anointed. Raise my hand against him, for he is the Lord's anointed. So David rebuked his men severely and did not permit them to attack Saul. Then Saul got up and left the cave and went on his way. David refused to attack the Lord's anointed. It was not that David thought Saul should remain king, and it was not that David didn't think that he himself should be king. It was simply that David recognized his current situation as God's plan and refuse to us- usurp him through ungodly means. He chooses to remain faithful to God instead of stepping outside of God's ways to take what he felt he deserved and was best. He understands that situation. These are not a series of accidental events, but that God is working out his purpose. There are a lot of different thoughts that pile into this story. We learn to combat jealousy envy, impatience? What about when someone else has what I deserve? Why did he get the promotion over me? Why does he get that perfect family? Why can they afford to go on that vacation? Why do they prosper through evil? We can struggle with all these concerns, and I know that David did too. The question is, what do we do with them? Do we trust God, or do we look somewhere else for answers? Sin is any attempt to meet our deep needs by our own resources. So here's a primary principle we learned today. Trust God. Trust His timing to answer His promises, to vindicate us, and to punish evil acts against us. When you are attacked, when I'm jealous or envious, or sitting there waiting for something I know that God wants for me, when the evil prosper and the righteous are exploited, what should I do? To help answer this question, to get a glimpse into the heart of David, listen to the words of Psalm 13. David wrote this psalm. Now, I don't know when he wrote it, but I could see it coming from a per- this period of David's life. Psalm 13, starting in verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy exalt over me? Consider and answer me. O Lord, my God, give light to my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. The first thing we need to do is confess our negative attitudes. We need to be real and honest in prayer. Take these things to God. Run to Him with your doubts, with your questions and concerns. He wants to meet you where you are, and He wants to deal with your negative thoughts and beliefs and perspectives that lead us to these dark places. He wants to meet us where we are, but He doesn't want to leave us where we are. He will work in you and sanctify you. This only happens when we bear our hearts to him and we meet him as we truly are and not as we think we ought to be, prettying up our prayers and getting everything together and putting on a mask so we can fake it in front of him. Don't fake it until you make it with God. This makes no sense because we know that he knows everything. He knows our hearts. David does not hide his emotions, his thoughts, fears, or concerns from God. He opens them to God. I urge you to do the same. God is a big boy. You won't hurt his feelings. He won't think any less of you. Remember, David is the man described as after God's own heart. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons why he consistently and persistently comes to God wide open. He expressed his anger and his doubts and his fears. And all the while, he trusted and he praised the Lord. If you're having trouble believing, talk to him if you're not seeing where life is going or how it will ever work out, if you're just tired of waiting, spend time with God every day in silence with the Lord. Lay it all out before Him, and then just listen. Be still. and Know that He is God. A second thing we learn from the man after God's own heart is to give thanks. Thanksgiving is a great weapon against jealousy and complaining and depression. I'm not saying you ignore the difficulty. Instead, alter your perspective and focus on the goodness that God has given you. Give thanks to Him for how He has blessed you and what He's doing in your life. Listen to this. Philippians 4, 5-7 through The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you hear the primary place that Paul gives to thanksgiving and prayer? In being the answer or alternative to being anxious? It's the turning point from being anxious in verse 6 to the peace of God in verse 7. Let thanksgiving overshadow your insecurities, your jealousies, and your doubts. The next thing to do is to choose to love those who are in your way. Now, this may be someone who is hostile to you, or it may simply be a person who is between you and a goal. They may be a competitor, an oppressor, or someone in a position that you desire and think you should have. In David's case, it was both. Saul was king when David wanted to be, and Saul was hostile to him attempting to kill him. Resist the urge to harm those who oppose you. Be the first to move to reconcile. We follow Jesus and he died for those who opposed him to reconcile us to him. This was the most decisive, world-changing act ever done and one that paints our entire lives. Reconcile with those who oppose you. Forgive those who harm you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Thoughts about what we deserve and are entitled to are selfish. If you're a Christian, you no longer live, but Jesus lives in you. Now, let's see how this whole story wraps up in verse 8 and following. Afterward, David also rose up, and he went out of the cave and called after Saul. My lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed his face to the ground and did absence. David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of those who say David seeks to harm you this very day? Your eyes have not seen how the Lord gave you into my hand in this cave, and some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not raise my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your cloak and did not kill you, you may be, you may know for certain that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you are hunted, have hunted me to take my life. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me on you. But my hand shall not be against you. As the ancient proverb says, out of the wicked comes forth wickedness. But my hand shall not be against you. Against whom the king of Israel come out. Whom do you pursue? A dead dog, a single flea? May the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you. and May he see to it and plead my cause and vindicate me against you. When David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? Saul lifted up his voice and he wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, and you have repaid me good, whereas I repaid you evil. Today you have explained how you have dealt well with me and that you did not kill me when the Lord put me into your hands. For who has ever found an enemy and sent the enemy safely away? So may the Lord reward you with good for what you've done to me this day. Now, I know that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. So swear to me, therefore, by the Lord, that you will not cut off my descendants after me and that you will not wipe out my name from my father's house. So David swore this to Saul. And Saul went home, but David and his men went to the stronghold. Now this is not always the way it works out, right? Your goodness to others may not result in the intended result. The other person may not recognize your goodness. They might resent it. And if that's the case, it's out of your hands. You're responsible for what you do, how you respond, and they're responsible for theirs. Jesus lived. He died and rose again for you. He's forgiven you all wrongdoing. He's given you a place in his kingdom, in his family, and that is your eternal place. He knows that things aren't always going to work out as they should here. He knows that. Remember, they killed him. He's given us so much that makes the things of this world seem so petty. Give yourself to him. Give your reputation to him, what you think you deserve, your needs, your goals. Give them to God and trust him. Trust that he knows what you really need, that he really does love you, that he really does want your good even when you don't understand and it looks like you're losing and things aren't working out. Remember, you are redeemed and forgiven and adopted, secured, and sanctified in Jesus. When others attack you and oppose you, remember. Remember who you are. You were an enemy of God, but he didn't condemn you. He suffered and died to reconcile you back to himself. Trust God love everyone, especially your enemies. I thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. I invite you to go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. That's a great place for you to learn more about us, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.